You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 422 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you live on this fine Wednesday evening into very early Thursday morning. It is late night. I am recording uh, once again for the second time this week from the middle of nowhere, Uh, so please uh, forgive the audio quality if there is any issues on that end. I will be home next week, I promise, and things will be back to relatively normal, but uh, thank you for your patience on that front. Uh, There's actually a lot of news to talk about on this podcast, so this will probably be the final podcast that I do from this, uh, you know, middle of nowhere Texas location, uh, unless uh, news prompts, but uh, obviously there's plenty to hit on based on what transpired on Wednesday, and even some news from earlier on in the week. So uh, we'll, we'll start things off with the biggest name, to be sure, and that is Vince Carter. The Hawks uh, have reportedly uh, agreed to a one-year minimum contract with Carter. He is, of course, a former you know, multi-time All-Star, probably a future Hall of Famer. Um, and by the way, the headliner, I guess, is the fact that he'll be 42 years old in January. Uh, Carter was actually pretty good two years ago in Memphis, spent last year in Sacramento, got a bunch of money from the Kings. Uh, and I think, honestly, he probably could help a team right now, uh, maybe just as a very, very fringe rotation player. But uh, even at, at his age, he was pretty effective two years ago in Memphis. With that said, I think most of this signing for the Hawks is going to be in a uh, sort of a mentor role. Both Chris Fidlamore of the AJC and Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN noted that immediately when when reporting the signing, um, that basically Carter is going to be in this like in this uh, steward Almost, almost like a like an assistant coach kind of role for the Hawks this season, which makes a lot of sense. And uh, the Hawks do have some veterans in this uh, locker room, with Kent Bazemore being sort of the leader of the team last year. They also have Dwayne Dedman as well as Jeremy Lin, so they have some veteran talent, but uh, no one quite in the mold of Vince Carter as this like quiet leader. And you know, there have been lots of reports about how good Carter has been with young players in recent years. Uh, he actually, I, and I actually missed this. I was I was in Las Vegas on site, but uh, he was one of the commentators for one of the Hawks games, and I got a couple people telling me, including Tom Fernelli of. CBS Sports, that, um, that Vince Carter was actually sort of, not, not necessarily lobbying, but uh, that Steve Smith and Vince Carter had some sort of back and forth during a Hawks broadcast by a potential to add Carter to the locker room. So they end up working out in that way. But I, I do think there's going to be a pretty limited role basketball-wise for Vince Carter on this team. And with as we'll get to here in a second, the Hawks now have 15 players under guaranteed contracts, and also they have t- both two-way spots. So probably this is going to be the entire roster as we see it at this point, unless something crazy happens. Um, but with that, with that said, I think we'll probably see Carter inactive sometimes, and we'll have him sort of be around, uh, but at the same time, probably more more in a mentor role to some of the young players, whether it be you know Trey Young or Kevin Herter, um, John Collins, all that fun stuff. So it's always good to have a veteran like that in the locker room who's been through a lot of things. Vince is a very respected veteran. As a player, I'm not sure what to expect, honestly, at this point in time. Last year, we didn't see him play a ton in Sacramento. He was not quite as good when he did play as he was the previous year in Memphis. But I do think there's a little bit left in the tank. And as a result of that, I can actually see the Hawks potatially I want to say this potentially. This is not inside, any inside information at all, but potentially letting him go uh, midseason. So it's a, if, if and when he wanted to pursue a role and get more of a chance at maybe a title run, that kind of thing. But for now, it looks like this is going to be on the roster. It's a, it's a, a veteran's minimum contract for the Hawks, so no uh, salary cap implications necessarily, but one of those things where 
He'll be around for the season and uh, definitely be a, a very interesting member of the locker room. The Hawks have a lot of famous players at this point in time with, between Vince Carter and Jeremy Lin and Trey Young. They have a lot of uh, sort of appeal, um, you know, casually. I don't think that Vince is going to sell tickets in the way that Jeremy Lin or Trey Young does unless he maybe if he uh, is playing a little bit on this team and they, and they sort of announce like a retirement tour, maybe that would kind of do it. But at, at the same time, I think this is less about, about that and more about the fact that he'll just be a steward for the young players, and I have no problem with that. I, I do think there's obviously ways that the Hawks could have used this roster spot in a more future-facing way, but there is something to be investing in the young players in this kind of format. And uh, with all all respect to uh, Bazemore and Deadman, having a guy that's probably more uh, more just purely in that role in Carter is probably not a bad idea moving forward. Uh, before we get to the rest of the podcast, there is plenty to talk about on the news front. I do want to take a moment to, re- to let you guys know to subscribe to the podcast. I really appreciate everybody that's already done that. It's been uh, hugely helpful to me and the podcast network, the Locked On Podcast Network that this podcast is a part of. Uh, just by the way, there's a team for each and every uh, squad in, in, the, in the NBA and the NFL. Also, uh, developing baseball. If you're a Braves fan, there's a Locked on Braves podcast. If, if you're a Falcons fan, Locked on Falcons is out there. We'll be branching out into the college realm as well in the near future. Also, national national shows, Locked on MLB, Locked on NBA, Locked on NFL, and some Locked on Fantasy Sports content. I actually did a guest spot on the Locked on Fantasy podcast with Josh Lloyd earlier this week. So, lots, lots to talk about there, but Subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, uh, all those places. You know, Spotify has the podcast, Player.fm has the podcast. Also, every single episode of the pod is hosted on PeachtreeHoops.com, where I am the editor-in-chief. So plenty of places to find it, and uh, I definitely recommend that you go ahead and do so, and I really appreciate everyone that already has done that. Uh, after this break, we'll talk more about um, you know the other stuff that's going on in Hawksland. But again, thank you, and uh, enjoy the break. We'll be, right, we'll be right back with more on the podcast. All right, we're uh, back to uh, talk about the rest of the signings, and there were uh, more. There were two more actually to hit on uh, earlier in the week that I was actually thinking about doing a podcast as sort of an immediate reaction to this, but I'm kind of glad that I didn't. Uh, in retrospect, uh, Alex Poitras was added as one of the Hawks' two-way contracts. You might remember that right after the draft, the Hawks uh, signed Jalen Adams to a two-way contract. He was he was actually able to play with the Hawks in summer league, looked pretty decent in some ways out of St. Bonaventure. But the second spot out of the two that the Hawks will have this season will go to Alex Poitras. A 6'7 to 6'8, somewhere in that range uh, forward, sort of a combo forward kind of guy. He's a little bit older. He's uh, almost 25 years old at this point in time, but does a 6'11 wingspan uh, on a two-way here and uh, was very, very good in Las Vegas. I know uh, off in front of the program, Jeff Siegel, who will probably be on in the near future to talk about Alex Poitras, is a huge fan of his game. We uh, took took in some of his action in Las Vegas. He was actually playing for the Pacers, and we saw him play against the Hawks in Las Vegas. He's uh, uh, definitely the swing skill with with Poitras is his jump shot. If he's going to make jumpers, he'll be a devastating prospect in a lot of ways. If he doesn't make jumpers, it sort of limits his ceiling in a lot of ways. But I, th- I do like I do like his defensive profile. He's a guy who can certainly play the three and the four with that ability, um, sort of that size, that wingspan, and that athleticism. I do think uh, you know finishing around the rim, he's been uh, very, very good at that in his career defensively. His tools are starting to show more as the uh, seasons wear, wear on here, and uh, he's been able to use those more effectively. I, do, I like this signing. It's a two-way. It's not, it's not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things, but there is a a path to point for us potentially helping the Hawks this year, and at the very least, he'll be a very, very overqualified G League player for Erie, which is not a bad thing to uh, have around, obviously. And he could sort of transition into a more prominent role if he's able to, do, if he's needed to do so. Of course, the two-way rules uh, mandate that he's only allowed 45 days with the Atlanta Hawks roster. 
but the Hawks have been good about manipulating that as much as possible in the past with Josh Majette and, T- and Tyler Cavanaugh, etc. So we'll see plenty of point threats, I think, around the team in the coming days. And that was uh, of the guys who were available, I, I was struggling to find many that would I, that I would have liked more in a two-way role than point threats. You know, they already had Adams, so point guard was probably off the uh, radar there. So getting a combo forward type that can guard multiple, multiple positions is probably a good thing. And if they can teach them how to shoot, then more power to them. Uh, the other deal that happened, actually the most recent deal that happened on Wednesday evening after the Vince Carter signing was announced, or I guess the agreement was announced, was uh, the Hawks uh, filling up their roster with the number 15 overall uh, player in, on this team right now, a 15, 15th guaranteed contract, and that comes in the form of Daniel Hamilton. He was a late second round pick in 2016 out of UConn, still only 22 years old, a very interesting prospect in a lot of ways. Actually, only played six games last year for the Thunder um, where he was previously, but he was, he was on a two-way deal last year with Oklahoma City. He Shot pretty well two years ago in the G League, about 37% from three. Last year is pretty ugly, 28%. That is definitely a question mark as his shooting. If he was a better shooter, he'd probably be uh, commanding more of a salary, honestly. Um, it's a guaranteed, fully guaranteed one-year contract. No big surprise there, basically just the minimum. Um, and uh, you know, last year he was very good in the G League, despite the fact that he did not make shots. Average 16 points, 9 rebounds, and 8 assists, so a near triple-double in the G League. I will say, you know, stats are often inflated there based on the pace of play, but at the same time, he did a lot of things well in the G League last year. Again, like Poitras, the shooting is the swing skill for Hamilton, but he's a pretty good defensive prospect, an excellent rebounder uh, as a 6-7 forward, uh, sort of, you know, small forward type, and a guy who, you know, for me, I, I understand it's, uh, it might seem weird to some people. I, I got a few questions about this, about why the Hawks are using all these roster spots on, uh, you know, small forwards, basically, in, in, in the last couple of uh, days and weeks, you know, Justin Anderson was added, and you add Poitras to the mix, and Hamilton, and they have, you know, they, they still have DeAndre Bembry, etc., but for me, you could never have too many wings, and the Hawks are, are kind of short in the front court, and I think the Alex Lentine does help that, but, you know, they really only have four natural bigs. It's one of those things where, um, you know, they're not, t- I mean, I guess five when you count Miles Plumlee, uh, but, you know, five natural bigs on a roster of 15 isn't, uh, isn't overwhelming, but you have guys that can play the four in Poitras, maybe even Hamilton. I think Justin Anderson can play some of the four, and then, of course, Torian Prince, so they have some flexibility there, and I would, I'm always of the mind where it's more uh, more cost-effective and more uh, sort of targeted to go ahead and go out and get a bunch of guys who can play the three, play the four, be multiple, be multiple, and have a bunch of wings as they're very, very valuable. If, if one of them hits, they've done their job, and that seems to be what the Hawks are trying to do right now. They're trying to unearth some talent on the wings, which I definitely have absolutely no problem with. So sign me up for Daniel Hamilton. I think, um, honestly, right now, I think I'd rather have Poitras on the court in a one-game setting, but Poitras is, is considerably older, so Hamilton has probably more upside at only 22 years old, and he was talented enough to be drafted just two years ago, so not a guy who is going to probably wow you immediately, but Hamilton definitely has the the talent level to stick around in the NBA for a while if everything comes together. Um, that's sort of it in terms of the signings on the podcast. Uh, two quick things to hit on before we get out of here. Um, first and foremost, the, uh, the the deal for Dennis Schroeder was finally announced on Wednesday. There was one interesting quote that I wanted to pass along from Travis Schlenk. I'm going to read it to you. This is in the, uh, in, in the release here. I'm, and he is saying, uh, and I quote, on behalf of the Hawks organization, I'd like to thank Mike and Dennis for their contributions to the team over the last five years. Both players were worked extremely hard to develop and improve throughout their careers in Atlanta and each had a special connection with our fans. We wish them all the best moving forward, end quote from Travis Schlank. So no, 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 nothing new on that front other than the deal is finally uh, official. Now Carmelo Anthony, as of this moment that I'm recording uh, late in the night on Wednesday, is still on the roster. The Hawks have not announced the wave of, of, of Carmelo Anthony. I will say it'll be interesting, sort of interesting to see uh, what the buyout looks like. If there even is a buyout, there is a scenario where the Hawks just pay him all of his money and wave him. Um, that would not uh, surprise 
surprise me necessarily based on the reporting that's out there. And the Hawks have now, uh, you know, used all their roster spots on minimum guys. So there isn't that um, necessarily that impetus to have the uh, sort of the set off or the buyout factor there with Melo. But, you know, at the end of the day, the Hawks paying all the money doesn't really hurt anybody, honestly. Um, and if they weren't going to use the cap space, then it doesn't really uh, sting them at all to pay him all the money. So we'll see what happened there. But I'm, I'm starting to think that if there is a buyout, it's a pretty small one. And uh, we'll see Melo moving on in the coming days. But that's the last domino that has to fall, but that's going to happen in the near, in the very near future. So the deal is now official. Um, you know, Dennis is in Oklahoma City. Mike Pascala is in Philadelphia. We wish those guys the best, to be sure. And uh, we'll talk more about the uh, you know the trade. I'm sure in retrospect, based on the fact that of all the implications that it, that it will have on the roster. But for now, it is done. Uh, last thing on the podcast, and it, it, it'll be a pretty short show today, based on the fact that it's only me. But I, I will have some guests line up. In fact, I already have a, a couple of guests line up for the next couple of weeks to talk about some big picture stuff with me and go, probably go a little bit longer uh, because we're not going to have the daily podcast grind that we have during the season. We will not be four or five days a week, probably only be two, maybe three times a week in the off se- in the real off season now as we get between now and training camp, but we'll still have some content on a regular basis, so have no fear. Uh, last thing though, uh, the Kevin Love extension got done. I'm sure this is actually a little bit, uh, seems like a little bit late at this point in time, but uh, earlier this week, the Cavs announced a, a four-year extension with Kevin Love for some big money. Um, the big takeaway there, obviously this is not a Cavs podcast, but um, the Hawks um, have the Cavs first round pick top 10 protected for 2019 and as a result of that this is probably good news for the Hawks I say probably because it's not 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 necessarily a a definitive thing when it comes to Kevin Love but um, you know I I should point out as well that Kevin Love can still be traded uh, six months from now so the timing of this is probably not a coincidence the the Cavs would now be allowed to trade Kevin Love um, in mid to late January and that's before that is before the trade deadline, so one of those things where it's not a lot that he's on the roster all season long. But with Kevin Love on the roster, it is safe to assume that the Cavs will not be absolutely terrible. With that said, the Hawks need them to be outside the top 10 in the draft. Um, obviously, making the playoffs in the East is the most direct way to avoid the top 10, but there are a couple of spots probably um, in the Eastern Conference that will avoid the top 10 in the draft that will also miss the playoffs, and the Cavs probably project to be one of those teams, in my opinion at least. Uh, there, are a couple, there are some people that think the Cavs are going to be a playoff team this year. I'm not necessarily on board with that just yet based on their current roster. It's important to note that last year they won 50 games, which is important, which is impressive, of course, but they had LeBron James playing all 82 games and uh, there's some roster stuff here that's not necessarily great. There's, they do have some veterans that can play. Obviously, Kevin Love, George Hill. They have Rodney Hood probably coming back at, at some point in the near future. They have lots of, uh, you know, they have they have Tristan Thompson. They have J.R. Smith. They have some NBA players who are solid. Uh, they also have Colin Sexton as a, as a lottery pick for this year. He's probably going to be playing a lot of minutes. They have Larry Nance, uh, Jordan Clarkson, who I don't love but is still on the team. Um, so there are there are some, uh, some signs that the Cavs are trying to win immediately, which is a good sign for the Hawks. With that said, uh, I think that uh, there are seven teams for sure better than Cleveland, in my opinion. And that's all the teams that were in the playoffs last year, except for the Cavs. Um, so the other seven teams, uh, including Washington and Miami, I think those teams are all better than um, Cleveland at this point in time. I would not blow me away if Cleveland was better than Washington or Miami necessarily, but I think right now I would pretty comp- confidently project uh, both those teams to be better than, than the Cavs. And then you have um, the teams that, are, that Cleveland is definitely better than, and that's Sacramento in the West is probably the only team that I would say is definitely worse than the Cavs. And then in the East, you have Orlando, Atlanta, New York, Chicago, and Brooklyn. So that kind of leaves the 
Detroit and Charlotte as the swing teams. If you are a Hawks fan, you're going to be rooting for the Cavs to be better than the Pistons and better than the Hornets in the near future. Obviously, it would be ideal for the Hawks if the Cavs were to convey the number 11, 12, 13 pick, a slightly missing the playoffs pick. But at the same time, you know, the Cavs being the 8 seed would be a huge win for the Hawks. And uh, it's important to know this is not the only time the Hawks can get this pick from the Cavs. It's again top, tw- top 10 protected in 2020. But uh, after that, it becomes two second round picks. And um, for me, the um, the guarantee of a pick in the 16-17 range is way better than the uh, possibility of a top 10 protected pick 2020. So this is a year that the Hawks will certainly be rooting for the Cavs to make the playoffs or at least come close to the playoffs. And uh, just, you know, simply put, the Kevin Love, the Kevin Love extension helps that. Even if he has moved, he will have played, you know, for three months on the Cavs roster. And hopefully that means the Cavs will be uh, racking up enough wins to give the Hawks at least a chance to pick up that pick up that draft pick. So with, between that and the Dallas Mavericks pick, which is also top, top five protected, we'll have plenty more coverage on that, I promise, as the season approaches and during the season. But something for now, that was sort of a headline item that Kevin Love signed that extension. So that helps the Hawks in the short term, and we'll see how much it helps the Hawks uh, you know, a few months from now, obviously. So thanks for listening to the podcast, everybody. That's going to that's gonna do it for today's show and probably for the week unless something crazy happens. As I mentioned before, the Hawks now have 15 guys on their roster. It's a 15-man roster plus the two two-way spots are filled. So uh, with that, there's one, one, one little roster thing to, wa- to watch there, and that's the Hawks can only bring in th- a maximum of three more players for training camp. Um, including the two-way spots, the Hawks can only have 20 guys total in training camp. So they already have 17 with 15 roster players plus two two-ways. So that's not a huge deal, but if you, it's something to watch. Uh, you know, the Hawks often Often will uh, invite someone to training camp from their summer league roster or from off the radar. You know, Josh Majette was famously a uh, a guy, you know, and Matt Costello was a training camp guy a couple years ago, et cetera, et cetera. Could be uh, somebody off the radar. But both Antonio's Cleveland and Jalen Morris have reportedly signed deals elsewhere. I guess Cleveland was actually claimed by the Bulls, but uh, Morris is apparently going overseas, so those guys probably won't be around. But uh, could be uh, you know Jock Landale, who was a guy who was prominently involved in summer league, et cetera. So we'll see what happens in the future when it comes to the training camp roster. But uh, you know, of course, we'll. Have, you know, two more months of uh, discussion about that in the near future. So thanks for listening to the podcast. Everybody really appreciate it. Please subscribe to the show. Leave five-star feedback if you like it. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your week and enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you guys next week.